0: Girl, you better throw some lotion on those knees before you go out for that champagne toast, because the 10th episode of Ghost Light begins now.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Because a lot of people... (laughs) A lot of people don't realize that once you take off your tights, you also need to re-lotion after that. Like, once you Honey, take off your dance tights, once you take off your costume and you sweat it off the lotion, and now you have open a night champagne toast, like, you to reapply. I honestly feel, like,
0: similar to a wedding. um, Like, right after a wedding, before the actual reception, there's, like, a cocktail hour, mm-hmm. right? And that's to give time so that the party can take pictures, if the bride right. wants to change into her reception outfit, which if I ever get married, <laughs> I will be doing, because how am I going to break it down in that nice-ass dress? Amen. Um, I feel like there should be something similar after an opening, like give them people some food or something else, because, my God,
1: the well, real tragedy,
0: not isn't maybe isn't what's happening in that dramatic scene on stage. The real tragedy is being in that dressing room, with all the different spritz and hairsprays and mm-hmm. uh, just a forest of perfumes <laughs> and you know and then the I... motherfuckers that don't hang up their costumes don't hang up their costumes and <laughs> then you're sweaty if you're like me I'm if it's a musical, I'm definitely gonna sweat if it's straight play. I'm going to sweat. And so if there's lights on the stage, I'm going to sweat. And so I'm trying to take off my costume and put on this dress that keeps sticking to me because my body is sticky. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, let's I'm going to keep it real, even though some might not. I'm also trying to put on a Spanx so that, you know, I can be cute because I have given birth. And it's just a lot girl i haven't nice. given birth
1: and i still be sliding my butt up in a step So i be like hold on
0: now girl and it would just be nice and then you know you're trying to touch up your makeup a little piece because there are people at that champagne toast and you're hoping might give you another shot at a gig once this right. gig wraps up not just like i know our family and friends y'all think we're being cute for y'all we're not we're yeah, trying we're
1: not. to be cute we're trying to smooth for to the people
0: through. who are out there um who we are hoping will give us another job after this job ends. While we love because y'all. Because we work on
1: gig work. Hello. We're doing gig work, not real work.
0: Hello. And like, while we love y'all and appreciate y'all, that's why we gave y'all that shout out in the bio. The point is, we need more time. Because some of us do be still, like, they, we do the best we can. We do the Even best we me, can. myself, there have been like a touch of ash.
1: Or, you know,
0: <laughs> Like, oh, cont- that ankle! That edge control that I tried to put on, you know, might have sweated out And me trying to put on the spanks, as I said earlier. All oh, right. My goodness.
1: What up, y'all? Uh, my name is Mara Williams, and I'm Elena
0: Walton.
1: Yes, and welcome back to the tenth day on Elena, the tenth episode. Listen, back again with episode ten. I can't believe we hey. have done this show hey. now like
0: ten times. Like it's really the tenth time that we've sat down to do this.
1: I'm really proud of us because, like, you and I both have like commitment issues when, especially when it comes to yeah. creating something, something and that I making that anyway. it's good, right. right, and thinking that it's good, and so everybody that has come back uh, for now ten episodes, mm-hmm. which is a whole twenty weeks, twenty uh, weeks. Thank you, like, what? Thank you so much, and actually and- care. If the
0: episode is coming out Like y'all aren't just being like Lord my po' friends They clearly have no jobs and no life Let me go on and listen to their little show They're, Y'all are like so I feel like the y'all aren't,
1: aren't listening to us on mute Just to give us a view I feel like y'all are actually listening Right I really appreciate it like, Listen uh, Like I'll Like
0: um This Like this past week For this announced Like episode Like announcement Or whatever Like it Came out in the evening. It didn't come out in the afternoon, as you know we usually do it. And somebody mm-hmm. slid right on in my inbox and said, "So, are you gonna announce the play or what? Like, what's going on?
1: I don't I understand." Love it. Like, check I us. Said,
0: oh, you better gather us. Yes, you check better let us. Us I love know it, you're enjoying especially because show.
1: like Elena and I, we're a two man band right now, right, and our it. our goal is, of course, to expand. But the fact. But we are still in this, like we don't know what we're doing, and we're trying to figure it out. And oh shit, the sound doesn't sound great. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna put out the episode? So just hearing back from you guys is very encouraging for us. So thank y'all, and we're back. How are you, Elena? How have you been these past couple weeks? Um,
0: I've had my ups. I've had my downs. Um, Mm -hmm. due to the bullshit that took place um yesterday, uh. I'm not so great, which we're going to get to into, um, in a second. Um, just trying to keep her up alive and
1: yourself. I'm, I'm okay. Um, I have just returned from like a mini vacation for Bay's birthday, which was nice.
0: Yes. Happy birthday to Maraz Bay.
1: Thank you. She says thank you. I'm sure she did. Um. But also just trying to, you know, it's the time of COVID, trying to figure out if I'm going to ever use my actual degree, trying to figure <laughs> out if what is that? getting, getting a master's degree in theater is like, it's, it's a joke right now. It's a fucking joke. And I, I am... Some today's a good day because there are days where I'm just like in a state of panic constantly. Listen. So yeah, but I'm happy. I'm good. Today's a good day. Um I'm here with you. So, yeah, we here. We here. Y'all
0: All right. Well, with that, um, we can get on into it. It's yes. time for the morning announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I okay. Know. I am. I am loving this today. I, I don't am loving know. all of this, y'all. I am I'm, loving all of it. I'm trying to
0: contribute in some way beyond y'all, just. Y'all, Elena know. be
1: contributing way more than y'all think. She she, <laughs> uh, she be checking me, y'all. I do not.
0: Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um. So yeah, for the morning announcements today, um, I'm sure that somewhere. In either theater or other forms of media, some wonderful things happened over the last two weeks. I'm sure that some trash (laughs) ass things happened in theater and media over the last two weeks. Because, you know, where there's light, there's also darkness. And that's why we try to keep the light burning bright. Um, But on this here today, I don't care to discuss anything other than the Injustice in the case of Queen Brianna Taylor. Um, that's all I care to talk about and acknowledge because that's where my heart is. Mara, did you have anything else, or are you with me on this? No, journey? I
1: am. I am a hundred percent with you. I am just. I'm saddened that it's. I feel like every time we do a sh- um a play that very next week something happens that speaks right to the theme that we were talking about. I feel like it's happened week after week. And so our last week's episode of abortion road trip and how we were just talking about, um, injustice against black women or women in general. Um, and as soon as we said that, and at that time we still had hope alive that we were going to seek that we were going to seek and receive justice for Breonna Taylor and then find out that once again, um, the the big house on the hill that is full, full of white men do not care, uh, especially about a black woman and her life and um, the fact that these officers are not being indicted. And one did get um, in, in trouble, but it wasn't for... Causing harm to Breonna Taylor It was about potentially causing harm to a neighbor And I just, my heart is so heavy
0: Yeah, let's talk about that So <laughs> um, So The grand jury came back um, mm-hmm. Wednesday, September 23rd And <laughs> And they came back uh, with the decision to hold, all, mind you, only one police officer involved in the shooting of Breonna Taylor um, was being charged with anything, you know, which in the end might as well have been nothing. Um, nothing. They came back with the decision that the only uh, criminal charge that that police officer would face is uh, that of wanton endangerment, which is a Class D felony. It is the lowest of four classes of felonies in Kentucky law, and the maximum sentence is five years, and the minimum is one year. Now, um, he's also uh, facing, I think it's a $15,000 fine. Now, uh, we all know he's only going to have to pay 10% of that, which in case you aren't ready to do the math, is only $1,500. Yep. Um, and we also know, despite all this flowery language and the good old, um, you know, uh, overseer they bought um, to stand on in front of the camera, who you know claims he is an attorney general, but I don't know. The jury's, you mean that coon? Yeah, the jury's still out on what exactly he is. Um, and then, um, yeah. Um, I didn't, I I don't have a law degree as we have, you know, boasted about, you know, to no avail on this year podcast, (laughs) we only have master's degrees. So I had to turn to sister Google to find out exactly what wanton endangerment is because considering the fact that it carries such a light, in my opinion, light, uh, sentence, or, you know, mm-hmm. repercussion for taking a human life. I felt like I needed to know what that was. Um, so, sis Google says... A person can be guilty of wanton endangerment, even if they did not intend to harm anyone or to commit a crime. It mm-hmm. is sufficient to regula- recklessly disregard the peril that one's actions create. Um... That's the basic thing that I found. And now, after doing further research, basically what this means is that he is not being charged for shooting Breonna Taylor. He At is all. being charged for, and I say this with heavy-ass air quotes, endangering the lives of the white people who lived in the surrounding area, near and close to Breonna. Yep. I, do, I believe it was, like, a white woman and, like, um her child. Not to say that, you know before the All Lives Matter people start to slide in my inbox, even though we have said this ad nauseum, we are not saying that the white woman and her child and their lives are not important or not worth acknowledging. But what we are saying is that Breonna Taylor's life is just as, if not more important, because she
1: actually died. And it's like... I would have been okay with this charge on top of a a grand, a grand indictment. Right. Because when somebody goes to prison for something big there, you find every little thing, especially if they did something very heinous, like this act, you find every little thing to, to put on them. Let's, let's, for example, for people that aren't understanding, I'm going to break it down in terms of um, pop pop culture let's talk about um tiger king so boom check it attempt uh murder for hire but oh wait we want to make sure that he stays in prison right Mm -hmm. so all these little uh animal rights charges we're just going to add those on top of it now if he would have just gotten got indicted for an animal rights charge he would may have not gotten jail time definitely would have gotten a fine and if you have jail time it'll be very minimal but to ensure that he stays in jail for the big crime we're going to put these little charges on top so what this so translating that into this case he just got this man just got a little charge a slap on the wrist well, probably once 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 the um once they come back without many time, i i guarantee you it's going to be a year and he's going to serve max eight months oh
0: you're actually believing that he's gonna go to jail girl (laughs) your hopes are higher than mine I think he's gonna pay this fine he's gonna pay this fine, and then he might get he might have to sit behind a desk for a little bit a little piece you know fill out some paperwork until you know I guess they're gonna wait until unfortunately they kill somebody else that's black and you know, the media attention turns to that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, once we're fighting for another black life, because I,
1: there, will I, be I, another. there
0: will be another, because thus far, the punishment doesn't match the crime. And so, you know, history has told us time and time again, I mean, it goes down to the basis of like, you know, raising children or training your household pet that if there are no repercussions to you know the actions then they're just gonna keep doing whatever the fuck they want children pets and police um so when another person dies a black person dies that's when they'll allow him to go back into active duty because they know that our attention will be turned elsewhere because we're gonna continue to march fight and write our legislators and representatives to seek some form of justice um for the life that was lost.
1: Um, right, and the fact that Brianna's Taylor's family got a settlement for wrongful death doesn't they mean got, Jack shiggity. But my thing is, like, think about this. If you got a settlement for wrongful death, what? doesn't that mean that somebody's admitting guilt? What a concept. You know, I mean, that's just what I think. This is just what I think. You know, I don't know nobody.
0: Connections, coincidences. Well, I think not.
1: But since yesterday, like, um, like Elena said, this uh, happened yesterday. Today, we are recording on Thursday. And this is
0: what kills me. Like, they knew what was going to
1: happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jury isn't allowed to talk. Nobody's allowed to know what's going on. My whole black ass. For days leading up to Wednesday, damn near a whole week. The governor, the mayor, anybody with a red phone to pick up and make a phone call has been setting up um, all kinds of restrictions and barriers and guidelines for the citizens of Louisville and the surrounding citizens of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um Because they, they knew what it was. All these things because they knew that we were going to have a visceral
1: reaction um, to yeah. all of this. If we have any listeners in Kentucky, just please stay safe. We know, we know that you're upset and in my opinion, burn it down, but, uh, please, please stay safe. Know that we love you. Know that we support you. Please find time to, um, while you're fighting for justice and uh, please find time to love and kiss on your family members because that is also very, very important. And we want to make sure that you're happy and healthy and safe, um, we don't want this to continue to happen, but we know that it's going to. It's it's the very disgusting truth.
0: It really is, and you know we've talked. If you want to know why we sadly are sitting in that um, in that very unfortunate truth, um, go listen to episodes one through nine.
1: Yeah we we will we lay it out for you finish yeah. this episode two
0: yeah it's finish coming this episode and then <laughs> go listen to episodes one through nine um mm-hmm. you know if you want to give a start with episode two for a little razzle dazzle um at the because that's when you know we recorded that when george floyd and, and brianna taylor um we sure did were just murdered so uh That's all I got. That's all I got to say Yeah. Um,
1: um, Also, you know, congratulations to folks that won Emmys. Proud of y'all. That's right.
0: Black people won Emmys. Black people were nominated for Emmys. Still not enough. Black people making history. Hello. Still not enough. But we love, we still love to see it. And we want to see more progress on that front as well. Absolutely.
1: Everybody, that please make sure that you are checking your state ordinances and make sure that you're registered to vote. Make sure that your voting yes, registration Lord. is up to date. Um,
0: please do what you do. gotta do.
1: Do what please you gotta do.
0: Put on the whole armor of God. I know we're scared of COVID, but put on the whole armor of God and you know whoever you believe in and go to these polls, y'all, because whew, these mail-in ballots turning. are turning trash Mm he's he's not even hiding the fact because we're not speaking the name of that circus peanut on this show he's not even hiding the fact that he's um planning to just stick those mail-in ballads right in the shredder he's all but said it and he's not trying to hide it and no one suppression is so
1: real honey It, it is so illegal honey and no one's gonna check him about it um at all just using just using the clan's old tactics hello all over again so
0: just y'all i (laughs) got it from his dad i beg you i am gonna be terrified as well to be standing because we know how crowded it can get in those voter lines um on election day um we know it's uncomfortable we know you're gonna be standing in the hot ass sun but guess what your ancestors marched up a hot ass street so stand there put on your gloves put on your mask Mm-hmm. Keep some hand sanitizer, whatever you need to feel comfortable in your back pocket and get in your vote.
1: Yes, it's very, very important. All right. You ready to move on? Let's
0: do it.
1: You gotta,
0: you gotta do it. Oh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding!
1: I thought you had another song for me or something. I, was ready I ready did not. Girl, the
0: let's do it was it. All right. <laughs> so y'all, here we
1: are. It is my week. Yes, it is.
0: And let me just say, this playwright makes my heart so happy. He is quickly becoming one of my favorite playwrights of all time. Um, I love this man. Y'all give it up for King James Eames.
1: Yes, Lord. Yes.
0: Let me tell y'all about our playwrights. I love this man. Let me tell y'all about um, our playwright this week. James Eames is a performer, playwright, and director who was originally from Bessemer City, North Carolina. Shout out to North Carolina. Um, and he currently resides, however, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, he received his B.A. in Drama from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Come on, Morehouse man. Hello. And his M.F.A. in Acting comes from... Temple University, again in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is an associate professor of theater at Villanova University, and he was recently made a co-artistic director at the Wilma Theater in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is one of three new artistic directors um, to join uh, their team and what they are calling the new chapter over at that theater, so Shout out to y'all. As a performer, he has um, appeared with the Arden Theater Company, the Philadelphia Theater Company, the Wilma Theater, Baltimore Center Stage, Mockingbird Theater Company, and People's Light and Theater. Uh, His plays have been produced by Flashpoint Theater Company, Orbiter 3, Theater Horizon, Wilma Theater, the National Black Theater, Steppenwolf Theater, Definition Theater, and Shotgun Players listen yes um he is always here for a developmental work he has uh, developed work with playpen new play conference the lark playwrights horizon club thumb villanova theater wilma theater zuka theater and victory garden and mind you these theaters i'm listening are just to list a few honey um earlier i mentioned that he has done work with uh, orbiter three and that is uh, a playwright producing collective and he is a founding member of that organization, wow. Orbiter 3. Honey, he has awards for days for acting, directing, and playwriting, but for the sake of this here podcast, we're going to stick to listing just a few of the awards um, that he has won uh, for playwriting. He was a 2015 Pew Fellow uh, for playwriting, the 2015 winner of the Terrence McNally New Play Award for his mm. play White, which is one of my faves. Uh, he... Um, was the 2015 Kesterling Honorable Mention Prize winner for this here play that we are going to discuss today, uh, to discuss today and he was a 2017 uh, recipient of the Whiting Award. He is a proof that delayed is not denied because in 2019 he went on back to the Kesterling Prize and swooped up that award for Kill Move Paradise. Hallelujah. Yes. Um some of his other works include Reverie Tank Stranger See the Face of the Divine in the Condensation of a Water Glass, which is on my reading list, because, yes, Lord. Um, Kill Move Paradise, Fat Ham, T.J. Love, Sally Forever, Youth, Mass, uh, Matter Out of Place, White, and Moon Man Walk, just to name a few. This man has a catalog for days. Just go read. Everything I have read by him, um, I have loved. And this play that we're discussing today is no exception. Um, when discussing his work, Uh, He says that all of my plays pull from history or current events, but also uh, sort of upends those things and turns them on their head. It's a marriage of the hyper-theatrical with a known concrete content. It's a matter of what's the best way to make the familiar strange and the strange familiar. Give it up for our playwright this week, James Eames. I stand, sir. Um, yes. So we are discussing his play today, The Most Spectacularly Lamentable Trial of Ms. Martha Washington. A little mm-hmm. about this play. This play had multiple readings at the Wilma Theater Playpen um, and National New Play Network. Those readings spanned between 2013 and 2014, and its first uh, fully mounted premiere was at Flashpoint Theater Company in 2014. Um, other productions of this play were at the Ally Theater Company most recently this play was meant to um, be put on at Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago, Illinois between April 2nd and May 17th of this year it was going to be directed but we know what happened then Um, it was directed by the one the only Miss Whitney White which honey go google Miss Whitney White Um, Mm. she's not here to play with you and she wants all Her things. Um, she was meant to direct. However, on Steppenwolf's website, they said, midway through the rehearsal process with heavy but protective hearts for our artists, staff, and audiences, we decided to postpone the production of the most spectacularly lamentable trial of Miss Martha Washington until the 2021-22 season. While later than anticipated, we can't wait to share this stunning work by playwright James Eams with you in a future season. You all can go to the Steppenwolf website and you can check out pictures and videos um, from their rehearsal process um, which looks absolutely gorgeous and I pray for the sake of an audience who needs a good work and a good word and for the Mm. artists who are involved that they are able to follow through with that production because I don't want to see nobody out here without their job because of sis corona in all her shitty okay. ass ways um so getting into it let's get into our players
1: yes tell me what it's about
0: honey in the script uh our players they are uh, uh separated uh they're separated into two categories the living which include martha washington who's 70 years old george washington's widow mother of america slave owner Mm -hmm. And Dandridge mulatto half-sister of Martha who is a house slave and then you have the chorus of Negro slaves part backup singers part Storytellers and they are Davey a house slave Priscilla a house slave Sucky boy a house slave doll a house slave and William who is uh, described as being 10 to 12 uh, Year old who's a years old. He's a boy slave and he's Anne's son the other category of players are the visions abigail adams who is the new first lady she's played by priscilla described as not so nice george washington who's 30 years old dead president former slave owner he's played by davy mr lawyer man ethnically ambiguous could be anything martha's legal counsel played by sucky boy mad king george who's king of described as king of england Played by Davy, Queen Charlotte, Queen of England, pithy, game show spokesmodel type. Think Barker's Beauties on the Price is Right. Um, side note: I, when when I was five, I used to think that I wanted. Oh, to you gr- know, I wanted. I to. wanted to be a Barker Beauty so bad. Um, uh, she's played by Doll. Um, she's described as nice. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> the description says, Hick, played by Sucky Boy, and that made me chuckle out loud um Jackie Custis uh, Martha's son from a previous marriage um usually I would check to see if I pronounced that correctly but this is a trash-ass individual who I do not respect and damn near hate so who gives a fuck if I say that name correctly um he is William's father he raped Anne and loves to dance played by Davy. Betsy mm-hmm. Ross described as a harlot and flag maker played by doll Sister lawyer girl, ratchet, around-the-way girl, buried, in uh, quotes by the playwright Urban, uh, also played by Dahl, Southern Planter, short. Um, it says, in the description here, it says it's played by, he can, is going to be played by Davy, but later on in the script, it's described that uh, Southern Planter is actually being played by William. Um, I'm going right. to toss that up to the fact that maybe the director has a choice, Um, I personally went with William in my personal reading, because it was fun to me to think of this little boy um, doing the things we're going to describe later on. Um, He must have a top hat. Southern Belle. Lastly, we have Southern Belle, played by Sucky Boy. Must have chest hair and a plunging neckline. Yes. Um, this play takes place on Christmas Eve in the year of our Lord, the 1800, at the Mount Vernon Plantation. Short, sweet, and simple summary of this play. Uh, Martha Washington is on what the slaves are hoping is her deathbed with a high <laughs> fever. Um, she falls into having this fever dream, and uh, chaos ensues. She has to face the judgment of the her slaves, as well as other historical figures, mm-hmm. um, as well as her ancient ass offspring. Um, and then you know things happen, and we're gonna talk about those things. I personally picked this play because we have had two episodes in a row of tears. This is a comedy, dark comedy farce. And I just felt like if there's any time that we needed to laugh, it's now. And I felt like y'all needed it too. So Mara, what did you think of this play?
1: You know, I really like this play. I was, um, my guard was up going into reading it because, um... When it comes to us kind of reenacting slavery, it usually just, it's hard, it's not fun, it's usually done in poor taste, um, but the way that this is written is so beautiful. I loved how, um, not only were there stage directions, but the playwright was like, oh, hold on let me give you a little history lesson right here just in case the actors didn't know what was happening like gave them he also did his own dramaturgical work to help the actors do this piece I loved how he was um even though it was hilarious like there were some really funny parts i I loved how it was done with a lot of integrity um so yeah I really enjoyed this piece I I do have a favorite character but We gonna we're gonna gonna wait. Okay. We're gonna save it. But I have I have a favorite character and it is one of the visions and that's all I'm gonna say until we get there. Listen. Um But I I I thoroughly I feel like I learned even though it was a comedy, I feel like it was it was another one of those Um, Here's the sugar before the medicine, because you, you are going to walk out of uh, seeing this production or even reading it, um, learning something, learning something new. Listen, I, I chose this play, um,
0: knowing nothing about it, um, simply because of the name of the playwright. Um, and I, as usual, when I pick up any work by him, um, I had no regrets. So, there are two ways I feel like we can get into this. We can either A, try to do a through line of action or we can pick and choose which scenes stood out to us the most and hit on how they affected us thematically and then of course we're also going to talk about characters that we love like how do you want, I feel like we could go either way and I feel like we should we can discuss this as a family.
1: Okay. Um, I feel like You already let us know. There's a fever dream. She's meeting people. I think if we just kind of, I think, in order, pick our favorite scenes. Because there were some that, like, it was nice that it was there, but I also didn't need. I mean, like, it didn't, it helped give me a little information, but I didn't, like, need it. No, it's fine. So, um, we know that she's sick. She's on her deathbed, right? Like, you already told us that. Right. So, but when she, like, jumped in this fever dream and... Um, oh, before we start, there were just some some really beautiful quotes. So there are about so there are about four quotes. Um, but I think that the one that stood out the most to me was this very small quote and um it was said by Napoleon Bonaparte. Bonaparte, not sure. Um okay, and awful. it said A celebrated people lose dignity upon a closer view. And that just kind of like hit me in the chest, and that's, this is, like, the play hasn't even started yet. These are just, like, the, this is the beginning. The play is just giving us things to work on, and I think that that is so powerful because when we think about our forefathers, well, America's forefathers, and we think about, oh, these celebrated, quote-unquote, celebrated war heroes, um, we are meant, especially in whitewash history, we are meant to think that they liberated America so they liberated us we should be happy but in reality you just peek behind the curtain a little bit and you see you see the whiz in the back working the machines you know there's something off and I just it's unrealistic to say that somebody lived a perfect life even even the best of people still have skeletons in their closet and in this case we're talking about these celebrated quote-unquote forefathers who had a lot of skeletons in their closet that many people tried to wash away. And I, I think that that – you can still say that somebody did something positive, but it is just it's, – um, it's careless to – to set to just not ex- say that they were flaw to say that they were flawless. Sorry, words everybody, but it's it's careless to say that somebody was flawless when in reality they weren't. Because how do you teach somebody to be better if they think that they're supposed to live a perfect life? And in re- in reality, yes, somebody may have done good, but that don't mean that they ain't shitty in some other way. Um, how do we become better? You have to point out flaws so that the next person can become better. Um, so yeah. There's a couple of other quotes but like we always say read the play. Y'all know where to find it.
0: New Play Exchange. Yeah. You know, I'm going to so, say that's the jingle for them. They haven't hired me. But I
1: mean, I I, I see no reason why I We can't. love a we love a sponsorship. Listen. <laughs> listen. <NPX. laughs> I love.
0: Take that how you want. Okay, so um real quick, I want to talk about um cuz y'all know I I, I love running assists Google. Um, for things that interest me, um, mm-hmm. when I was re- um, doing my research, I'm um, in preparation for this episode. Um, and I looked at um, an interview of our playwright, he talked about how much uh research he did and for um, in preparation for this play. Like, he basically read everything under the sun that has to do with anything with George Washington, Martha Washington, Mount Vernon, and the like, and mm-hmm. so um. I even, and even still, I found something shocking. So, guys, um, Mount Vernon, the plantation Mount Vernon has been preserved. You can go, you can visit it. Mm -hmm. You can um, not only take a tour, go into the house, but you can go and take a tour, specifically into the slave quarters. They're really pushing that slave quarter tour. And may I just say, I don't know who's pushing the button over at MountVernon.org. And Mariah, you can correct me or gather me in this moment, but I, I think that it is, I understand that it's meant to teach, but quite frankly, it is a trash ass concept to me this idea of white people trampling through the places where my ancestors um where my ancestors lived and breathed and died Mm -hmm. um I think it is in poor taste um to promote and really push how authentic and how well like i don't know if it's the language y'all go to the website and y'all let us know what you think the website alone pissed me off they're like it, it to me it read like a trash ass fucking like side of the road advertisement that you would see on a road trip like for a these to,
1: structures for, quote for from for the website for a tourist tra- for a tourist trap like you know what i'm saying quote from the website these structures provided efficient housing for the large number of laborers primarily laborers. men who worked near the mansion laborers and
0: we're gonna and and don't worry um we're gonna get into this language y'all like to use um because it you know it burns your throat to say slaves but we're we'll, we'll get into that a little later on because i'm mm-hmm. so fucking sick sick to death of if, if i hear sle- um laborers or enslaved peoples one more time jesus right okay so anyway um also um if you go to their website you can go and find under the tab marked slavery um Mm -hmm. you can go and they have a whole section of this website where they have silhouettes of slaves and they have like a full record of every slave that lived on this plantation. Um, I'm getting ahead of my, I'm like all over the place. Let's take a breath. Whew. All right, um, so before we get in, even into that, let's talk about Martha Washington. So y'all, Martha Washington came, when she married George Washington, she already had a dowry um mm-hmm. over two hundred plus slaves. Um she got that she um gained that dowry from the marriage of her first husband. She uh he died and uh of course left her all his wealth which at the time included his slaves which were labeled as property. So she came into the marriage with her own, you know, heaping just big old group of slaves. and then George Washington had his own 123 slaves and then they just you know came together and you know just had all the slaves together working on the plantation in Mount Vernon. Now George Washington, in true patriarchy, ain't shit ass sperm carrying fashion, uh-huh. um, didn't want to clean up his own mess at the time of the Emancipation Proclamation. So what he did was change his will and said that uh (laughs) that his slaves only his 123 slaves um Mm -hmm. that he owned outright would be made free after the death of martha he's like i have to die and martha has to die and then all these slaves can be free yep so when we're looking at you know martha washington on her deathbed um irl martha washington um when she was uh, coming towards the end of her life, at her family's urge, it wasn't because you know the will said to do it or out of the goodness of her heart, quote unquote. She released those slaves at the urging of her relatives because they were afraid, and she were for- was afraid that the slaves were going to rise up and kill her, be- due to the like multiple fires that were found. Um, on the plantation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was after that that she decided to set her, you know, her late husband's slaves free. However... The slaves that she brought into the marriage that she inherited from her husband remained her slaves until the day she died. And she distributed those slaves as property amongst her grandchildren and left Mm -hmm. instructions for how those slaves should be divided amongst all future descendants, like, you know, from the Custis family line. And so, um, like, her great-granddaughter grew up owning a portion of these slaves, y'all. I did not dig long enough to know exactly when uh, these slaves were officially set free. I wanna, I'm I'm guessing maybe sometime after Juneteenth because literally for generations and generations, um, this family owned these slaves and they were labeled dower slaves, all slaves that are passed down, like, through marriage or through a will were called um, dower slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in getting back to the MountVernon.org website, um, you can trash. go. Just trash. You can go, and um, as you click around. The silhouettes
1: are killing me.
0: Girl, as you, as you click around, you find the silhouettes of the slaves um, because they, you know, kept a good old, uh, a good accurate. Leisure of the slaves, and what we find as I clicked around, I'm finding <laughs> that the names of these slaves are a few of them are identical to the names in the play. Um, specifically, Davy, whose name on the website his name is uh, Davy Gray, Doll, mm-hmm. and Priscilla, who is uh, re- recorded as having a daughter named Penny um on this website you can also see brief biographies of uh each of these slaves not um uh, each of these slaves and i'm guessing these silhouettes are meant to act as like stock care because we know that there had to be more than one cook more than one overseer more than one you know dairy one butler. Yeah. Yeah. butler more than one butler field worker so on and so forth these are i guess these Silhouettes are meant to be stock character images, which burns me up to say. And you can read brief biographies about these people, uh, the people who lived and worked and some died on this plantation. And you can go over and read through the names, um, these given names of of the slaves who worked on the plantation. A lot of the names are very repetitive. They literally had names like, Beth, uh, what, um, Beth, Beth A, Beth B, Beth C, and on and on and on it went, um, so just a little history, um, about Martha Washington and her trash ass ways, as well as her husband's trash ass ways, um, I don't know who's gonna go to Mount Vernon and see that bullshit, but I know it won't be but me. But it
1: won't be me, and it won't
0: be anybody who can claim they received any kind of sponsorship or money from me. Okay. Um. So there's that. Let's get into the play, Marah. What would you like to discuss first? Exactly. Like so I've been after a long she time. had
1: she she starts having her fever dream, and then William comes in, and um, William says um you know what do i call you you're my auntie granny and and which we learn later why is because um william's mother anne was raped by uh by the son and that's how william came so that's the aunt but also their sisters because her dad her dad raped her mother to have anne that is correct so she's like you're my auntie granny my mom is your sister my dad is your son like so, and Martha is just like befalled. She's befalled. She doesn't understand. And um, she says that she's the mother. She tells little William, Oh, well, you know, I'm the mother of America. And he's like, Oh, um, so the story is your story. And then he goes on to tell this um, quick story about basically how America came to be. And it starts from the Big Bang mm-hmm. all the way to Obama. To oh oh Obama, I just because how he's a kid and he's he um, he says it quickly. um, uh, The playwright says it's almost like he's possessed. Um, Simply he's simply overcome with the spirit of history and the future, and so just him quickly telling the story and even just looking. If you look at some of the words that are that are said, we start with the Big Bang, like I said, then. Firewater Ice, as you, as we all know, as it has been recorded, but it hates to be told in history, uh, the people that came are black. People came that were black and then moving uh, Pangea, that is how Lighter Skin came. Um, and then talking about Native people, talking about then coming to America, um, slavery, the cotton gin, more slavery, um, the Civil War, emancipation, uh, people being killed. Then it goes on to talking about a little bit more modern uh the suburbs the ghettos the puerto ricans the asians the russian cold war civil rights four little girls dancing in the street the biddle the beatles kill the president and his brother kill the king so it's all these just tidbits of history and i feel like this it's not really a monologue but this quoting off is probably the most accurate um timeline of history that i have seen yeah same. <laughs> damn sure wasn't taught taught this accurate timeline of history um while i was in school no. and then of course ending in obama and then asking who got next because at the time this play was written um obama was still in, in office in office and now we have a uh, cartoon character running so wasn't seeing that didn't see that coming hello um so i just really enjoyed how um how William said, oh, I'm going to tell you the the story of America. She's like, oh, I'm the mother of America. So I know what, what it is, but he had a, he had an entire different story because his story had the real truth in it. It was peeking a little bit behind the curtain to see that truth. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that it was funny how, um, throughout the play, um, Miss Little, Miss Little, what's her name, Martha, uh, mm. Marissa, she, her paranoia was getting the best of her. Her paranoia Hi. was getting the best of her throughout this, um, throughout her fever dream. And I think that it was, maybe it gives a sign that, like, maybe when you get towards the end and your life flashes before your eyes, maybe do you see your wrong? I don't know what it is, what it's like to be on your deathbed, but maybe that was starting to come and she was able to see her wrong uh she's stubborn as a mule but maybe she was starting to see her wrong
0: Child, who knows um i don't think so you giving her a little more credit um i, I don't think she did either credit. but you give her I, more credit than i am like we'll. Get. i don't think
1: she i think she was she was given the opportunity to see her wrong maybe i should put it that way but i don't think she actually saw it
0: <laughs> no absolutely not like i feel like that's like the last, because we're gonna talk about that last scene, um, the last scene of this play. But, child, you're giving yes. her a lot more grace. I have no grace for this woman. No, um, I almost, I almost feel like as um, much accountability as they threw her way, we're um, trying to force feed her that accountability. I feel like they could have gone a little, a little rougher with it. I, Anyway, um, let's, cause I'm jumping ahead. Let's, um go back a little bit okay this idea i want to talk about real quick about style for this play and the, let's say like the yeah right here second page of the script there's a note from the playwright a note on laughter and uh, unison yes. and it says he gives a quote he says um in slavery times the slaves were not allowed to laugh in many plantations when the urge to laugh became irrepressible the slaves had a laughing barrel into which they would lean way down place their head in the barrel and laugh then go back to whatever it was they were doing and then the playwright um says uh gives us a note after this quote he says there is no laughing barrel in this play when the script indicates laughter it is not light or fun It's more like showing one's teeth, especially in the case of the slaves. Their laughter is hostile, loud. Laughter is a weapon. Unison should be uh, falling on one accord. Uh It's not overlapping. When more than one character speaks a line, it should feel like a thousand voices. When thunderous, it indicates it should shake the room. So... When I read that um to me I don't know I did, I was just like okay and then like as when I you read first the play. as I read it became clearer and clearer like where there should have been laughter I was actually I was glad um they didn't laugh because to me laughing is like it's a way of uh, releasing energy it's a way mm-hmm. of um Letting like cutting the tension in a room. And so I interpreted that this idea of like No, like they're not laughing. Not only are we honoring um, the plight of or paying uh, not honoring but paying um, Homage to the plight of our ancestors like imagine being in the middle of a field not that there would be anything to laugh about but let's just say you had something to laugh about and then Just simple something as simple as that um, and you gotta. Who knows where the laughing barrel is? Like, I would have to do more research about that. Like, you can't just drop everything and drop everything and run and stick your head in the laughing barrel. You gotta suck that shit up. And so, mm-hmm. in that, I love this idea that there's no, there was no laughing in those moments that were laughable because just like our ancestors, you gotta suck that shit up. No one's mm-hmm. gonna cut this tension for you. No one's gonna um let you that pent-up energy that you're feeling that you need to relief that would be put you at ease that would come out with a laugh just like our ancestors sit in it you're gonna sit in it and then and you're gonna take this information and you gonna hear us on this here today the idea that the idea of an audience having to sit on that while also being slapped in the face with these moments of um unison and when there's um the slaves in the play were on one accord, and it very much, um, in all caps, letting you know that they are, who letting you have it. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. Picturing that in my mind, these actors, these artists on stage, just laying out this story and not offering any comfortability. Um, to their audience, especially their white audience members, mm-hmm. um, it brought me joy, and I cocked my head back and laughed with every ancestor on the field and in the house who never got a chance to laugh.
1: Yeah, it just thinks it makes me think about even today um, how a group of black people enjoying their time, enjoying enjoying their presence, sitting sitting at a restaurant, enjoying each other's presence, laughing. How uncomfortable that makes a room of white people when it's people just literally just trying to enjoy fellowship enjoy being around one another just how uncomfortable and it's like seeing joy on a black person's face like pure joy on a black person's face is just i they can't even fathom it something must be wrong danger must be uh behind the bin you know what i'm saying right um which i think that's a really good segue um for one of my other favorite uh, moments of the show but like i said that this uh playwright was just so thoughtful in every single word that was on this page so in our and in, in your hymnal at the top of page 31 um so what's happening is um fever dream is still happening uh, martha says that she's cold so everybody's going to be like oh we're going to come in and we're going to make you warm fire yes! fire in the fire in the furnace blankets and this is like y'all this page this it's like a 94 something page script and this is on page like 31 um so but the note from the playwright which i just i love these notes blackface minstrelsy came from white performers watching slaves entertain each other through stories jokes song and dance the whiter performers then imitated them on vaudeville stages this exchange between sucky and davy should feel like the real thing not the imitation. I should have the full broadness of vaudeville, but be completely steeped in the truth. They're performing significantly for Martha and each other. Imagine if the stereotypes you created suddenly became hyper real and attacked you. That's what's going down there. We should feel as though they could hug Martha or strangle her as quick as humanly possible, but clearly as possible. So I just, I, I, I just, we've talked about minstrelsy and blackface and how disgusting that was in the vaudeville stage and how um, so many white uh, performers dressed up in blackface and then how black performers, in order to make money, had to put themselves in play, blackface to perform. Um, and I just feel like this note from the director just gave a, deeper knowledge of where blackface came from because i was like there and he says he says early in the script like these characters they they're slaves but they're like you and me they have souls they have lives their their stories are deeper and um it's like oh i'm gonna do this to make you happy but really it's 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 a jab it's a everything is a jab at, at martha oh, and yeah. that's how they're entertaining themselves that's how they're entertaining the other um, ladies that are in the room uh bringing the blankets in and so just this script of them and then within this script we learn how sucky boy got his name um as elena has stated earlier they weren't very creative they also did not allow the mother of these children to come up with names for their children themselves um so sucky boy which martha thought was just a hoot oh she thought it was terrible Her. so davy says mrs washington where are you and master washington come up with a name like sucky boy mm. and then she says we uh, he he wouldn't wean off his mama and work terrible mm-hmm. thing actually so a baby being a baby Was terrible
0: Mind you This weaning that she's talking about Slaves on a plantation um, Children Weren't expected to work Have like a work assignment Until they were 11 years old They were between the ages of 11 and 14 mm-hmm. um, Prior to that the children, like their main job was like they would bring water to like workers in the field or
1: like Anne told William just, to go mm-hmm, get some water. Mm-hmm.
0: Or just try to stay out of sight and not be seen or heard. Right. Um anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: we see that multiple times in a lot of um a lot of film and a lot of theater that talks about plantation life um how there may be a young white child and the young black boy they they actually grow up together until about the age of 11 when it's like okay this is no longer this is not your friend this is this is a this is your property and you are allowed treating him with respect that kid with respect is no longer acceptable we we see it depicted a lot and i think that this was just a a a really interesting way of um, Martha telling on herself. She thinks that she's so noble and she's just so amazing and she's the mother of America, but actually um, you denied somebody a real name because of them being a a child. But she was so entertained by this, um, this this minstrel show that they're putting on. I just loved how it was... How the playwright de- set decided that this needs to be real. This is like, this isn't like, oh, like um, when we did Pancake Queen and we are seeing a minstrel commercial. This is like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this is what happens in the in the slave house because uh, she's entertained. We don't get our ass beat, but we also get to be entertained. And while she's mm-hmm. entertained, that may give us a little bit more um, wiggle room to unfortunately, find joy in the work.
0: Right. And not only that, because, but, like, as he already stated, like, this is how menstrual shows came about, because this is how white people, that uh, you know, white people, that is how they saw us. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they felt like they were giving an honest representation that was also entertaining. Um, and so I think that moment, um was speaking to that as well like and also showing y'all is like look at what is look at what we have to do look at how we have to debase ourselves um to get any kind of message across to you all this is how you see us right look at how you see us um so yeah um speaking of white people um if you unless you had something else you wanted to No, I'm good. That. Go ahead. Move on right along. Um a favorite moment of mine that came later on, this conversation between Martha, Betsy Ross, and Abigail Adams, who we know Betsy Ross and Abigail Adams are being played by Dahl and Priscilla. Yes, um, I love this part. And so the whole point of this conversation is to have an intervention. Earlier when discussing the um, history of Martha Washington, I talked about how you know her family and her friends were like, whoo, girl you better let those slaves go and stop twiddling your thumbs like, you know, your husband told you to do and that will because, you know, they're not playing with you. They're going to rise up. They're going to kill you. So for your own safety, go ahead and let these uh, slaves go. And so yep. that's we're kind of having um, a mock conversation um, um, of, about that within this scene. And so what really... Um, stuck out to me the most is toward the end of the scenes if you go to your hymnals um this is like late in the play I feel like we're just gonna jump around
1: and talk about we're jumping around but I I'm fine with that
0: okay cool all right so um here we are page 51 of your hymnal and um they are talking about at this point in the conversation they're pretty much just like you know stand on your own two feet like this is supposed to be this whole like girl power moment so mm-hmm. we think. and oh, so yes. martha um not martha uh abigail uh, adams says to martha like don't let them don't let them make you cry and martha says i'm not crying i don't cry never have and betsy ross says but you're free now you have permission to do whatever you want Abigail Adams is like, that is so right. You are emancipated. This is your time. And they go on and they're like encouraging her. And like, yes, honey, sisters are doing it for themselves. And what I love the most is that they quote, I am woman. Hear me roar. Which is like, you know, white woman feminism. That is their theme song, honey. They burn their bras to that song to this day. Yes. And then towards the middle, towards the end of page 51, Oh. Woo! Oh, go uh, ahead. Betsy Ross <laughs> Bets, um, you know Martha is celebrating she's like I'm every woman I'm free and Betsy Ross says yeah and then she takes a beat and says what's that feel like and Martha says what and Abigail Adams says to be free and Martha says it feels it feels correct and Abigail Adams says correct and Betsy says, must be nice. And Martha says, it's the most natural of feelings. And then on in the page 52, honey, the stage directions say, and I quote,
1: mm-hmm. a
0: pause that is eternity. Abigail and Betsy just stare at Martha. For a moment, they are Priscilla and doll. The silence hardens. A hideous dark, frightening kind of sad silence. Martha regards the flag Betsy is sewing slash wearing. Let me tell y'all something. When I read this portion of the script, I had to put my whole laptop to the side and yes. just stand and be like, okay, yes that was
1: so beautifully written.
0: Yes, God. Like I just had to take a lap around my couch. I went and I poured me a glass of water. I just needed a moment because I'm just like, yes, yes, King James, yes, give it to us right here because it was such a perfect and uh, succinct and clear moment of acknowledging black women and where and us not feeling uh, knowing where we fit in the conversation about feminism because mm-hmm. it's feminism and girl power until it's a black woman, and we yep. don't have to list all the examples. Like, literally, look at all the ways. Cardi B just announced that she was divorcing her husband, her
1: ain't shit husband,
0: her ain't shit husband. And y'all gonna, ooh, go and, ahead. instead of like being like, Yes, sis finally get away from that trash ass man go off you have your daughter you don't need him you're your own woman you have your own career Do for you you know what the pick all the pick rise rose up and I said, said oh. and said well of course she wants to file for a divorce because it's clear from songs like wop that she just doesn't know what it means to be a good married woman and the, and this and the sad thing is is that it was black women And white women! Oh, yeah. Black women who have allowed themselves to be so brainwashed by respectability politics and the, like, Eurocentric views and beauty standards and, you know, femininity standards. All these things who are sitting up and saying this about this black woman. I'm tired. It's just time and time again. It was very... It reminded me of um, the conversation um, surrounding... um, Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj a few a few years back. Um, it it reminds like anytime, anytime we see a black woman, whether it be a celebrity or the girl who lives down the hallway from you and your apartment building, do anything that involves taking a stand in owning her sexuality, her
1: mother Y'all got a problem with it.
0: Her autonomy. Mm-hmm. Speaking out on autonomy, anything it's an issue and it's a problem, but white women.
1: Y'all can do whatever. And that's, that's like the, the hard part about being black and being um, a feminist. Like you have to, you have to always, you can't be both. Like, I mean, you can be both, but you always have to be aware of where you stand in each side. Like, intersecting between the two is just it's 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 difficult and it's hard and it's like you have to navigate who you are in so many different lanes and you can't just authentically be yourself like just be. as as a feminist myself i also have to realize that i am a black woman i am a woman that um i am a woman that is well educated i am a woman that is not only a black woman but i'm also a queer black woman like now i have an entire um, another layer on top of that, and I'm gonna do a shameless plug right here. Um, There's a book that I want y'all to read. If y'all don't, if y'all, it's on Kindle. It's you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it anywhere you want, and it is by uh, author Brittany Cooper. Yes, it is an amazing book. <laughs> it um it's called eloquent rage a black feminist discovers her superpower if we have white allies that are listening to this i also encourage you to read this book because she she has said that this is not for just black women it is centered around black women and it is it is so beautiful but it's also for those white allies that really need to learn a little bit more about what it is to be a feminist and a black woman And the queerness that is involved in that. And I just, oh my God, if you guys have not read this book, if you guys just look up Brittany Cooper, get into it, okay? Get into her.
0: Is what I'm trying to say. And like,
1: it also reminded
0: this scene, because I just recently um, got into Lovecraft Country. Okay, I, haven't I don't seen know it yet, but if you, but I've, I've if you seen have Twitter, watched Twitter's, that,
1: Twitter's talked about it, but I haven't. Right,
0: seen it. Um, my best friend um, and I let her aggravate me until I watched that show because you know she gives me the leeway of talking about all her business on this year's show. Um, but I watched it, and this doesn't ruin anything for you. In the in, I'm just gonna in case anyone else hasn't seen it, but there's a moment in that show where a character gets an opportunity to live as a white woman. Mm. And when I read this scene and like that character talks about how freeing it is. And while the character knows that it's wrong, that they want, they they crave and they yearn for that opportunity when they get to live as a white woman. Mm. And how wrong that is and how shameful that is. They are willing to live and sit in that shame just because of how freeing it is like they felt while living as a white woman uh the character got to tell someone the simplest thing because Lovecraft Country takes place in like the late 1940s like at the height of Jim Crow and so the like the simplest things is like saying you got my order wrong can you can you get this right please Having people say, excuse me, and get out of her way when, you know, the character is walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Walking, um, getting this job that the character had applied for for years and years, applying and applying for whatever reason, her their application is just never good enough. Mm. Finally, they get that job. You know, just the, the smallest things that most people take for granted all of a sudden, all these doors are open for them. And all of that came. And I remember watching it and being like, I don't know about the messaging that this show is giving in this moment. But then I turned around and like, and I read this and I was just like, I That's empathize. Mm. I get it now. The, the smallest things. Because that character was um, living... Where, like that character was living with all of that gratitude and happiness for those small things being taken care of in 1940s and here I am in 2020 I know that there have been moments where I have been in a grocery store at a restaurant whatever and something um was either wrong with what I ordered or I felt like I wasn't being attended to or I felt like I wasn't listening and I would just take a deep breath and just either reserve myself to either like fixing whatever was given to me or just waiting patiently until someone sees me and waits on me and i had to come to the realization of the fact that as black women we have become accustomed to not being seen up until this point because you know now black women we ain't taking that shit up for Mm -hmm. years we have been saying we ain't taking that shit but it is so let me be clear that I'm talking about a realization I had about myself. I am not a spokesperson of for all black women. This was something I realized about me that as a black woman, Mm -hmm. there is something inside of me that has, I have come to being okay with not being seen in certain situations of my life. In my art, I demand to be seen. And, you know, wherever I work, I demand to be seen Um, and on and on like other areas. But when it comes down to how I just live my life and move around in public, there are certain parts of my area where uh, certain parts of my life where I have... I don't want to say be comfortable. I'm going to find the word.
1: But what you're saying reminds me of... Anne has this, like, mini monologue on page 55. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to quote it, but I want you guys to read it. And it's about, like, deep in her chest, the the dark black... Her interior. And something that she says is, like, the, that place in her, it feels so good to touch when no one is looking. And she doesn't let anybody come into that space. So you may think like martha's like oh but i know you but you may think that you know me but there is so much about me that i have to preserve and i have to keep for myself and i because that is what so that i can hold on to a little bit of who i am and what i am and what i believe in and i think that it was so beautifully stated in this um this little mini monologue that Anne has on uh page 55
0: yeah all of it i just and, like, y'all, just bear with me. Like, I'm on this journey with the rest of y'all, and I'm still trying to—I'm still just even at the age that I am now where I thought that I would be hopefully done with most of getting to know myself and what Shit. I'm about and who I am. Like, I thought—now I see, like, some of my friends who were already in their 30s when I would be like, I just can't wait to be 30 because y'all just seem to— just the way y'all explain things to me and your femininity and where you are in your womanhood, I just— uh I too want that clarity and they would cackle and be like, girl, I just just figured this out yesterday and I didn't believe them. So shout out to shout out to my women friends who like keep me happy and whole. But, um, yeah, I just, it was shocking to me and I was just like, it's so true. I wonder what that feels like. I felt like Ariel wanting to be a part of that world. Like, I wonder what that's like being able to go Wherever you want, without fear. Say whatever you want, without fear. Conduct yourself however you choose, without fear. You don't have to, because when a when a white woman like speaks her mind and stakes her place, and you know doesn't take any shit, mm-hmm. she's a trailblazer. Oh yeah. You know she doesn't take any junk, and yeah, and woo. She's spunky and fun. But when a black woman does it, it's angry it's bitter it's It's, you know the list goes on and on a a black woman speaking her mind has all of these negative connotations that have been placed on her by society um both and the sad thing is both black and white by black men and white people Mm -hmm. um so yeah that whole scene was very eye-opening um to me um and made me feel like you know what yo from now on, if, you know, when I go to that counter or whatever and nobody waits on me, maybe it's not enough that I got seen eventually. Maybe I just need to take my black ass dollars elsewhere. I don't need, I don't need, um, I don't need that whatever from the deli that bad. I don't need, um, that dress that badly. I don't need those shoes. Whatever. Whatever. I don't need it that bad to right. stand there and not be seen because I'm worthy of being seen. We are worthy black women of being seen.
1: Yes. So See that when I understood all of those appreciated. things and appreciated, um, taken seriously ideas that we have are worthy of being put on the table and executed. Uh, people are magnificent creatures. Um, so, this is one of this is my favorite. I'm moving down because we're just kind of. I've had pa- passing a couple scenes. Some things are very important, but like we always say, we are only giving you snippets of this play. We encourage you all, like we always do, to read the play. But now we are going to my favorite favorite scene. Not my all right, favorite go character. Favorite character has not come up yet, but okay. my favorite scene <laughs> has come up yet. Has go come for up. It. So, Martha in her fever dream. Davy comes and she's talking to Davy, and I guess Davy got her to smoke a little reefer. And I am weak, not reefer, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that Go good to- that good tobacco. You know that, what? That good tobacco. I am so so. Weak. Go ahead, child. Martha then tells Davy, and while she is high, you know. I wonder, boys. I wonder what it would, what it's like to be you and he's like to be me uh-huh and so he tells her you know what i can show you better than i can tell you and then boom we're into this um we've obviously you know that we're being switched into all these fever dreams we're in this next fever dream where priscilla comes out as a ring master and it's yes. the most amazing thing that you have ever seen in the united states and she's like well what is it and th- that's funny because it's called a what is it and this is basically that it is how this is set up is absolutely hilarious um martha becomes the what is it and what it is is a um an auction an auction just like a slave auction, but in this case, the tables are turned, and Martha is um, is who is being seen, and she, and you can tell that everything that's happening to her, she's being poked and prided, she's being forced to open her mouth, uh, they're looking at her butt, her boobs, her everything, and this is probably... Oh, well, I had never, I never, this is just so horrible that this could happen to this sweet old lady. And then how dare the southern, the <laughs> plant, southern planter and the southern bell and everybody is betting on her. And she just is so up- taken aback that this could even happen, not even realizing that this is what you asked for. You wondered what it was like to be Davy and now Davy is actually showing you. How, is it, how does it feel for somebody to just go up under your skirt and check out what your butt looks like? How does it feel mm. for your eyes to be open just to make sure that uh, the whites of your eyes are correct to see if you have any cavities by a stranger's bare hands that probably, come on, it's the 1800s. They ain't been washed in a while. Uh, and this, um, and, and being told that your objections, ah, oh, they're laughing it off. Oh, she's got spunk. Oh, it's sass. Oh, because, ooh. Black women no, are go being ahead. Sassy. Black no, go ahead. Let's do it. Is no, so yes. triggering because if I because I mean it's the same thing that we've always said. Uh, Martha could, is trying to tell these people how to respect her how because she is just so dignified. But even just being as a woman, how to respect her as a woman. But oh, ha, 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 you're just being so sassy. Oh, I kind of like that little sass on her. Oh, we could straighten that sass right on now. And not mm. and even in this while this is happening, Martha is not realizing that they're saying this is what you do to us this is what you do to black men and black women while you put them on these auction blocks and you say oh well let's let's see what her oh good good um bearing hips nice boobs looks oh yeah looks like she can work looks like they can work Mm. um uh pick her up throw over your shoulder it doesn't matter because it's just in property oh you're being um you're 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 being auctioned off from 50 cents i think i think she was uh martha ended up being sold for 11 dollars. that's what it says but it, it's just like even when that happened you asked what it was like you got the real truth and i feel like this is a problem with white people you 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 say that you want to understand and then when we give you the beginning of understanding what it's like to be us it's too much and and how dare somebody treat you that way and it's no 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 no, I'm reflecting what how you treat me word by word, bit by mm. bit, and you're offended, and this has only happened to you once. Think about this happening multiple times mm. and i i just i just i i I loved how it was how it was written because like we said this is a comedy um it it was written to be um it it was written to be like a game show I I also I like we said early in the episode like I have a a really the problem with um slavery being presented on stage it's very triggering for me but it being in the negative so that Martha was the person that was doused in water. Oh, she smells bad. Doused in perfume. Oh, that's fine. Now you can buy her. Um, it made it easier for the black audience member that already is very aware of this history to sit through and um, have a conversation about. But it also made it just uncomfortable enough so that the white person is like, oh my God, look what they're doing to this beautiful or poor, this poor white woman on stage. Yeah. mm yeah this is this is the reason why i had my guard up to to read this play in the first place and now that it was written like that it made it easier for somebody who is easily triggered because it is their life to sit through and it also uh triggered just enough so that the white person can actually hopefully at the end of this have a conversation because it truly made them uncomfortable and uncomfortable to the point where they are still able to have a conversation it wasn't it's it makes it one of these shows where white people especially if they go see a show that tells them all the ways that with they're in which they are trash they want to run out and get in their car and go home and hide but the way that this was just so expertly crafted um gave the opportunity for actual real conversation for people to w- wait for the champagne toast and discuss. I just think it was just so expertly crafted because I know when a a play is triggering for me and I know that it can spark a conversation. I'm usually, I am usually running out because I don't want to have that conversation, but how this was written, I would love to, um, speak to somebody that was, um, that found this interesting and, and maybe had questions like the way that it was crafted made it so much easier for that conversation to be had what did you think about that scene? I love that. That was my, that is my favorite scene. Not my favorite
0: character.
1: No. But
0: listen, I, I love that scene. Um, I feel like I can't, I'm not even gonna bother adding to anything that you just said because you said it all. I love that scene for everything that you just said. Um, and it's a perfect segue, um, into my favorite scene. Okay. Okay. My favorite scene I mean I have two top things. This is like number one and then the one we'll talk about later will be number two. My favorite scene in this play later on Martha Washington you know because she's just like I don't understand you know what's the problem I've just been a good white woman and been good to my slaves and so um, this is right after the appearance of thomas jefferson and then they go into having a whole mock trial um for martha washington all of the black actors come on stage and assume um different roles you know priscilla is the bailiff doll becomes um doll becomes sister lawyer girl Um, i'm so excited sucky boy comes on as Mr. Lawyer Man. Mm-hmm. Um And, like, we're... And the audience becomes the jury. Yes. Um, which I love. Um, and then, you know, they're questioning Martha. They're putting her in the hot seat and, you know, trying to gather her. And so they're just like, you know what? Let's hear from the real, you know, person in all of this. Let's hear My from favorite the man, character. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> I knew he was going to be... Of course this person is your favorite character. Oh, the actor player Davy comes on as George Washington okay, and so they thugged they thugged that nigga out in my mind George Washington because okay let's read the description and this is perfect this, okay good we can have all of this conversation in one go my favorite scene your favorite character bit um the our playwright describes George Washington as um how commander in chief in his prime regal uh, and that George speaks with a Southern urban dialect. In my mind, George Washington sounds like Ti because yes! did you say Ti too? Don't play with me. <laughs> In my opinion, like, like peak ATL Ti, peak ATL Ti, like straight out of the movie ATL. Yes. Like, then I threw a powdered wig on him on and that. put him on stage because that's how this reads. And I love it, um, everything about this, like I'm just gonna read this short monologue to y'all,
1: please 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 go ahead, go ahead, I'm shut up.
0: He says he's like he sees this after he's just seen like Martha, you know, after so long of him being dead
1: i'll i'll if you're if you're gonna do the dialogue, I'll read Martha, but go okay, <laughs> you're gonna read. Martha
0: okay you read uh you read okay so yeah morale's gonna read his why haven't we always done this this
1: is perfect. i don't know
0: we should have always done this okay martha you're gonna read martha i'll read george are so you on page 83 i am at page 83 so you can start with like right where she says george like go okay. ahead. george where in hades have you been hey there babe don't you hate there babe me Damn girl, you looking all good in that nightgown and stuff. And yo, did that booty get bigger since I died? George, stop it. You've been eating your ham hocks and it's hitting you in all the right places. Mm-mm. Mm. Make you want to go to war with a colonial oppressor. Win. Start a new country. Separate the national government from the state government and create three branches. Mm. That booty is checked check. and ballast. <laughs> Gosh, that so is like, so. I'm that, gonna let I, you take this. For, I'm gonna let you get it out because you love this. Go on. Just, Go on,
1: I mean, like, I just loved. Oh my god, thank you for making George Washington a nigga. Like, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes.
0: I wish, I wish y'all could see Mara I, She is living. I am rocking that for First like, of I, all, we both love country shit, but Mara is like has a deep deep like embedded love for just country ass shit. And so this is yo, a of your
1: ass. Yo. yo. He, I was like this is it like I just thought it was so even um later on in the script which for like we always say y'all read read the play. Later on the script when they're arguing back and forth like he is such a he is such an ain't shit nigga about it. And I mean George Washington, I mean he wasn't I mean, black George but Washington he wa- he wasn't, wasn't shit. He
0: wasn't shit. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: At awful. all. At all. Awful. And uh even so much as like how niggas do when they take the blame and spin it on you and like it was just so it was so funny, but it was also like this uh oh, playwright, chef's kiss. It was poignant it was so poignant. It gave you what you needed. It was right to the point. It was yes, yes. I don't I don't really have words right now other than like yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, here I'm gonna unpack why I love. Yes, this scene. please go, and please. As things it's come yours. up for you, just enter. Just enter. I just screamed. Yes. Yes. Just go off. Um, the reason that I loved, uh, I love this scene is because aside from you know, Ti in a powdered wig, um, giving us wonderful, uh, southern black man realness, um, is because. I loved watching um, a white person having to take full-on force-fed accountability from another white person in another white person, even though it is through the vehicle of this beautiful black man. Mm-hmm. Um, you are getting this from what, and 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 it also highlights the fact, like. We all always talk about how, you know, white people during the time of slavery used the word of God as like a weapon and, you know, wielded uh, the Bible um, harsher than, almost as harsh as they wielded a whip and used it to beat um, their slaves with. And now that, you know, how that's created this warped um, perception um, about Christianity amongst the black community. Like, if you're black, And um, over the age of 18, you have had that conversation at some point, Um, if not before, because we know how Gen Z get down. They don't give a fuck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They will. They're going to talk to you. So, but I I feel like with that explanation comes the excuse. This is me personally. Mm -hmm. I feel that white people use that explanation of Christianity and the Bible and how it played into slavery as an excuse as to why they did the fucked up things that they did like here in this moment he's like let's talk to you the person your personal morals your scruples your beliefs you knew it was wrong i knew it was wrong we were in this shit together so stop sitting back and using my will as an excuse as to why like you came into like bottom of 84 George Washington says no man real talk those are her slaves son I married into that I mean Martha was a pimp she had like 300 cats working for her for free man picking all that cotton for free she was all like slaves better have my cotton pimping your honor so there it is sis like let's stop like white people And, and and what's worse is that the same white people who are saying all lives matter, their first line of defense is being like, you're blaming me for what my ancestors did. Let's uh-huh. stop uh-huh. using the Bible and my sweet King Jesus, and I know, and who did, and my, what my ancestors did is excuses. You know, she came in into this marriage with 300 slaves you knew that slavery was wrong sis you didn't have to wait until after I died to let anybody be free you could have let those 300 slaves free you could have set them free anytime you wanted your husband died your husband died and she sat around for a good two to three years I'd have to go back and double check a good two to three years before she even met a George Washington living in the big house all the slaves taking care of her and and her um two children at the time. Yep. Like let's stop this. Stop saying you didn't know. Stop saying your husband you was under the thumb of your husband and he held you down, sis. No. It's Take bullshit. accountability. You did this. You did it. White people, y'all did this. Mm-hmm. Y'all did this. Mm-hmm. So when you and I, and I say this to say so when you when you crack your mouth and want to say something about looting, oh. and rioting, and you know violent protests or whatever in regards to how Black people react or like you know how their spe- our spirits are vexed mm-hmm. by the, the by the shit that y'all do. Like take some accountability in that moment. For someone, yes, we are running through the streets. And yes, unfortunately, sometimes black neighborhoods are affected. And they do bear a lot of, like, most of the, like, these, like, like, violent protests and rioting and looting and all these things. And yes, black businesses are being hurt, too. But can you imagine, like, do y'all realize, like, hmm. Like, what, what do y'all expect? For every mm-hmm. action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Amen. What, y- what you all did, what you all are continuing to do. Like, how long do y'all expect us? Like, like Sister Hamer said, y'all know what y'all did to us. Mm hmm. Y'all know what y'all did to us. So let's stop sitting around and acting like we don't understand and playing ignorant as to why these people, our people, men, women, and children are out here ready to lay down their lives, ready to go out like, geez, if that's what it means to let y'all know that we are not just going to sit back and take this shit no more. Absolutely. Right now on the on the energy of Nat Turner. Like we not taking this shit no more. And so I loved this moment in the play because it was just like let's George Washington was like, Let's cut the shit, sis. You were in you married me, you had your slaves, I had my slaves. We were out here being plantation owners together. So don't right. try to sit back and put everything on me as to why you couldn't move the way you needed to move. You right. can set those slaves to free anytime you wanted. Right, and didn't woo. That was it. I just had to adjust like how I was sitting because I just, mm. so it was my favorite scene in the play. For that, I had to, I stood up and said Amen because I was just like yes, yes, <laughs> here it is. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about? How you love George Washington?
1: You know? Uh, George Washington was it. I am going to. Ti in a powder wig is forever ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Um, this Very is much. this scene is towards the end of the is towards the end of the 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 play. Um, Martha stands up is is found guilty. She stands mm. up and in her white woman screaming, "How dare you!" She's the fucking yes. mother of America. <gasps> I um um tell me and I was unkind to any of you. I was so sweet. I am just this sweet old uh poor me, you might as well named her Karen. So um, Very much
0: Karen asking to speak to a manager.
1: Very, very much. So at the end of the the end of the play, um Martha is out of her fever dream just for a split second uh-huh. and sees William. As we know, William is the young boy, calls William by his first name. Mm. And this young boy of 11 or 12 was taken aback because she knew it. She knew his first name. Mm. And he's like, "Oh, of course. And this is this is the this is reality. This is not the fever dream." Right. Um so, you know, in reality, he wasn't calling her Auntie Granny or anything like that. It was happening in the fever dream. Um gets um calls him by his first name which it was so just it was it was wild because he thought that he was just another person and he knows I think he is keenly aware of the fact that they are that he is of fair skin and they are related somehow but it also is a stark line between um what you may think that runs in your blood and mm-hmm. where you stand on this plantation. Um so it goes into her telling him a story, um, mm-hmm. and then at the very end, um, he says that's a long way away. She says it always has, and then direct, uh, playwright's note says, She leans into William. She smiles, gently but without kindness. She says, Now, go get that wa- glass of water I asked your mama for. And then Martha's face grows stony. Mm. So through all of that, she hadn't learned a damn thing. You know,
0: honestly, this moment right here, again, I got my workout reading this play because I had to get up again and be like, and still here we are. Because like that's basically I feel like what our playwright was saying here you are, even even audience members, because y'all come and y'all sit down and y'all watch plays like this and you go right back out into the streets and you go right back to living your trash ass lives, yep. some of you. I like Many. to, I want to believe because to say that all of y'all do that would mean that what I feel I have been called to do has no purpose, so I'm gonna say that a few of you are changed, but the majority of you walk out that theater, go back into the street. And you go back to living your trash ass lives and making mm-hmm. trash ass decisions, and he is saying that this it's it's gonna be no different here. I know y'all are gonna sit and you're gonna laugh and you're gonna well you're gonna cry. Ooh, that was deep. You're gonna say, ooh, that was deep. I might even get an award for this play. Y'all are going to want to spend your dollars wanting to produce this play because not only is it historically accurate and reading you down in truth, Mm -hmm. it's also good as hell. And then you're going to turn right back around and you're going to go right back to your trash ass ways. And it's like, he's just like, I want you to know I'm a step ahead of you. We all are me and my black brethren and sister we all know. This is why you want to, and you want to know why we keep writing plays like this. You want to know why we won't just shut up and stop marching. You want to know why black people always seem so angry. It's because we know that we are screaming into a void that very more often than not, more often than not, y'all are going to say, mm-hmm, oh yes. You're going to shed a tear and you might write a check to some black
1: organization or whatever.
0: To Sean King, which
1: is a scam.
0: Right? And you're going to like... Or, you know, as we're seeing most recently, you're going to try to put on an Afro wig and take a job at a position at somebody's university and pretend that you're one of us because, mm-hmm. you know, your white guilt just eats away at you so bad. Um, but bottom line, you're going to turn around and do the same thing because here it is. Martha has went through this whole affair. Like, huh, this whole evening... Like, they're giving you very much um, Christmas carol tea of mm-hmm. trying to get you to change your awful ways. And here it is, she, um, in this story, like, just like how I just said, is telling this story to this little boy, like, mm, I acknowledge, I accept, I understand, I get it now. And then, but at the end of the day, right back to self preservation. Now go get that water I asked you for. Right. And then the fact that he describes says that Martha's face grows stony to me it's like and then y'all go right back to being strong and wrong. Yep. Y'all will be strong and wrong on your deathbed. Because this woman is dying. We don't know how long she lived past this fever dream. We don't know how long this moment of clarity lasted before she died. But you gonna go out one foot in the grave and gonna go out strong and wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: I said let me tell you something King. Let me tell you something King James you better preach on this here it's today. here today. Okay. You better give us a word. Yes. Read them. Read them. And it it's such a classy read. It's so, those it really Those last few minds are so it's such a classy read. Whew. I had to go I had to go and get myself a glass of water because I said Lord.
1: You saw after, as soon as it was over, I was like, let me drink, sip from this bottle over here.
0: From beginning, and I just, it just, to me, it goes right back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, With the laughing barrel and how, like, you know, you're going to sit just like my ancestors. And you're going to sit in this uncomfortability. You're going to sit on your feelings, no one cares, and you're gonna take this here, and you're gonna walk out the theater and take it with you. Mm-hmm. Because it says right after her face grows stony, quit blackout. He's yep. not like not giving a moment pause, not giving a moment's rest. It's over before you know it because these scenes flow one right into the other. There is no intermission. There is no catch your breath. There is nothing, because what? Black people, we don't get to catch our breath. And as the death of Breonna Taylor, prove to us not even in our own homes do we get to catch our breath do we get a moment of reprieve we don't get to catch our breath or collect ourselves or to be understood no one is asking us how about our feelings nobody and I feel like that quick blackout at the end of this play reflected all of that go off King James go off this
1: was absolutely wonderful now we're moving on to the next segment all right you better say come on
0: yes you better hop on this theme song train i mean me. you ha- you i was about to say you ain't gonna leave me
1: behind okay
0: i'm surely not i love it okay come on go on with this what, what's going
1: on so elena <clears throat> what's up the ink is dried the check yes. is the check is not even coming in the mail, honey. They got your routing number already. It's coming straight to the direct deposit. Amen. And you I are. it, Lord. Amen. And you are participating in this here production. In what capacity are you dealing with Martha's bitch ass? I,
0: as much as I would love to be in it. I want to direct
1: this. I want you to too.
0: I want to direct the hell out of this for multiple reasons that, you know, the list goes on and on, but I'm just going to narrow it down. I want to direct this because um, of how it reads. I hear the music in it. Mm. I hear the beat in it. These moments of unison um, I've already told y'all on a previous episode, um, that I'm a, m- a proud member of the divine nine and had, knowing, you know, and, and becoming a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, I, you know, learned so much about these traditions that come within, um, Greek life and how they are so deeply rooted and connected, um, to our ancestors and like the gumboot dance and um slavery and all the things and hearing these moments of unison um took me like right back to that like to the night of my probate and like how we like stood together with one voice one band one sound and so like that is um all that history came flooding back to me um in reading this um I hear the music in this I hear the singing in this I hear the, I, I feel the the movement and the dancing in this and I just want to do it I feel like being a part of it and being in it wouldn't like while I would love it I feel like I would get more satisfaction in just seeing it and guiding the actors and putting it all together um,
1: reading it gave you that vision I could
0: see it. I could see yeah. this playing out. Like I could see this clear as day. Um I don't know if I'll ever get an opportunity um to direct this. I I just pray to, you know, my King Jesus that I uh get an opportunity to be in it, whether it be a reading or a full-mounted production. I just love everything about this. I'm brand with everything I read by this playwright. I love from page 1 to page ninety six, like I was with it, I was buckled in, and ready for the ride.
1: Um, I love this. Uh, yes, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think that, um, seeing your directing style a couple of times, and I know that um, you've recently gotten your feet wet in directing, and it's yeah, starting yeah. to become a um it's it you're honing your skill as a director because like they know you know we're we're figuring our lives out here but me seeing you hone your skill as a director I definitely see this piece as something that um you would give honor to and you would make absolutely beautiful and um there hasn't been anything that you've directed that i haven't liked so i'm pretty sure that this will be right in line
0: i just i want it so bad like y'all just y'all just gonna have to give me a moment to stand and sit in this like bruh like i don't even you don't even need a lot to do this like you can do this anywhere you can Mm -hmm. do this on the procedure you can do this i would love to do this in the
1: round i was about to say that in the round that would be so awesome are you
0: kidding me are you kidding me? And you don't even need a light. You just need somebody who's an artist, who's a beautiful artist with lighting and like, And it can happen. Yeah. I, like I you, you I, don't need a lot would to be do this. So beautiful. I wouldn't even want a lot of, like, I would want suggestions of a house and this, um, this two story home. Cause a lot of the things are happening upstairs and things are happening downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want like something to suggest that, but I would want room. I want to want to give my actors some room. I want them to just create this. I would want them to have room to create this world for us because we're in a dreamlike state. So it's just so much freedom to move around and do whatever you want. Just oh Lord, this play. Oh yeah,
1: yes. yeah. I absolutely one hundred percent agree with you. Um... Yeah, <sighs> all right. Go ahead and tell the people what you were going to tell them. Oh yeah. So as everybody knows, because y'all didn't li- y'all listened to us last week, we hope um, we didn't assign anything for this week. Um, it is our tenth episode. Elena and I are super excited about the fact that we've made it this far, um, and we kind of just wanted to. <laughs> shoot I mean, in the an shit. ideal right,
0: in an <laughs> ideal world. We'd have we a photo be, shoot. You know. We'd be happy. You know, going out, you know, to, to shake a little leg, shake a little thigh. Yes, we'd be getting um, drunk. We, we did be something. Some, having some having some drinks and just celebrating um, this thing. So we're going to try to do, like, a virtual audio version.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, 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 and we're getting drunk off of water here now. Right. You know, I have,
0: yeah, this water. A lot,
1: y'all remember last time I drank wine during the show yeah that didn't go we, <laughs> we did. lost the whole <laughs> laptop
0: um so yeah we just gonna we just want to take a moment to fellowship with y'all we lo- know y'all love the letters and we know y'all love the monologues and we thank y'all um but in this you know segment that we lovingly call letters to a young queen or that we would call a letter to a young king if y'all would you know make use of that email address we give out at the end of the show but you know amen um we just yeah we just want to fellowship with y'all and just take a moment to do that
1: Mara was there yeah I just I think that like doing the show especially since we started it in quarantine and we've been consistently growing um we've been expanding kind of our listener base some weeks are better than the others but we've been pretty consistent I just I it gives me hope for the future because I am I find myself in these spaces where I am extremely worried about what is going to happen in my personal career um, what's going to happen in the state of the world um, everything and so I just this podcast has been giving me hope i see us doing this for another 10 episodes another 100 episodes another thousand episodes at a zero i see us continuing to do this um and i i just hope that the number 10 just feels so whole to me you know all 10 fingers 10 fingers 10 toes like i it, Mm. it feels um like we've we're starting we still get on hiccups along the way but i definitely feel like we're starting to get in our groove i'm proud of us i'm proud of you because um, um, our editor ed jr has been uh given elena all the things that she needs to empower her to edit these episodes on her own when she sees fit um i we've just been so blessed to have a community a uh, small community around us that have um supported us and so we i want to keep i want to keep that up and i feel like we're on the right track and i feel like this is keeping me empowered especially because i am quick to go into my life is trash uh um dark hole <laughs> so Hi. i just thank y'all thank y'all so much for for 10 episodes right
0: um i think that's a perfect way to put it that this is just a moment um of giving thanks like, y'all, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, just like the number 10, you know, when we think about the number 10 numerically, um, whenever we get to a count of 10, um, the numbers start over again, you get to 10 and then, you know, it starts over 11, 12, you get mm-hmm. to 20, goes over 21 20. like things just continue to grow and manifest. And y'all like, I'm hoping that in this significant episode, um, that that is what 10 is going to mean for us. I'm speaking growth on us. I'm speaking mm-hmm. life on us, you know? And what, you know, in in every aspect of our lives, growth artistically, financially, spiritually, um, you know, just in every area, I'm speaking growth on us in this moment. And like, if you would have told me on episode one that we were going to see an episode, I'd see an episode two let right. alone in episode 10 because we then, didn't know
1: if episode one was gonna come out y'all
0: y'all like one uh, we'll save that for the anniversary like the anniversary episode and we'll tell y'all the story of All how of our woes honey episode one honey anyway <laughs> um but yeah just you know to to be here um 10 episodes in I'm humbled like first of all then we made it to episode 10 and then there are actually people who listen to this like we are not just it still feels like we're just sitting here talking to each other like to know that um especially the way we are we allow ourselves to be so vulnerable and share different parts of our life and that people want to hear it yeah and and that they relate to it Um, and that, um, they with it, like we, we, even though we're discussing other people's art, um, this show in itself is our work of art. Yeah. You know, I know we sound very cavalier and that we just be shooting the shit with y'all, but you know, this is what we have right now. This is what we're putting our all into right now. Mm -hmm. And to hear and and receive that y'all are loving it, and that you know y'all fucks with it like, it's dope. Um, to put it lightly, I just I just I'm humbled, in the, and it just feels so good um, to know that um, we're not just speaking it to a void. Someone's listening. Someone's, Someone's actually
1: ca- Somebody cares.
0: Thank y'all. I cannot wish you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much. I wish it You know <laughs> a what? Tea. One day we're gonna get to the level of where someone would want to bother to stick a camera and like and let people see just the crazy. Mm-mm. Then I gotta put on this, a
1: face. No, this no stuff like no
0: way that you act, like these people like the world. I don't know if the world deserves it or not to see how you be cutting up.
1: I Maybe we'll make a Patreon and they can pay for that. Cause Oof. for me to put a face on whew, during quarantine, I have not put a face on in a long time. Ooh. And then bantu, I have to do bantu now. girls like it's make work. Sure my Curls are popping. It's
0: work. Black women, the things we go through to look good.
1: Um. Anyway, um, I feel like that. I feel like that's it. Know. So let's let's. Do you want to add more? Mm-mm. I just want to talk about our next episode, Elena, Um. What do you want me to write a monologue or a letter about for our next episode? Um, mm, 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 mm. um
0: Let's, since we already, oh, since we, I just made a statement about what we go through to look good, Let's hear about the first time that you can remember where, like, nobody was helping you. It was all on you to get dressed up, like, whether it was for, like, to go on stage or for some event. The first time you, like, had to do your hair, your makeup, put your look together.
1: Okay. Okay. Whatever that look was by yourself. Oh, Jesus. Y'all, I used to be looking. I mean, come on. (laughs) Everybody remember their first look was off the chain. Off the chain.
0: Honey, like the first time. And not just like that you, like where you thought you looked good. Like, okay, I'm ready to step. Mm. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yes, I want to hear it. The world wants to know.
1: Okay, I want literally because we got listeners in Germany
0: now. I know, and,
1: and Canada, but I feel like that's our
0: classmate. <laughs> it's probably it's probably our classmate. Hey, classmate, you know who you are.
1: Um. Okay, can I don't I don't know if this is this is allowed, but I'm gonna do it anyways.
0: Oh, Lord. I
1: want a letter. Jesus. Not to yourself, though. I want a letter to your baby girl going out on her first date. Child, that's going to be the shortest letter of all time. Don't.
0: <laughs> he ain't shit. Period. <laughs> he, he whoever that is, way outside of that period. door for you. Ain't shit. Stay here with your mama. Your daddy's got a gun. Period. Your daddy got a gun. Like, listen, that's going to be the letter. Dear child, Ooh. don't. <laughs> Sincerely, your mother, who knows better, <laughs> that's gonna be the letter, nah. But um, okay, it's, I'll do
1: that. Oh, letter to my baby, I, you make your. I feel like mine are always like, I'm gonna make this funny somehow, and you're like giving, always giving me heart. So I can't wait to see it. Don't
0: say that. I'm, I'm a G. I'm a G for real. I, I give you. It's like even if it's heart, it's
1: like thug passion. It's like no. <laughs> Okay y'all So want y'all to see Y'all gotta look at me like Alright y'all so uh, If you guys wanna find me My name is Mara.Williams on Instagram Mara underscore Williams on Twitter Elena is laughing And all of her stuff is It's Elena Walton That's I-T-S-E-L-A Damn I can't spell your name I- Elena do you exit Okay I'm sorry
0: A- You can I-N-A. find me Yes, you can find me at it's Elena Walton, I T S E L A I N A W A L T O N, all squished together on all handles on all platforms. Um, like I said earlier, we want to, you know, we would love to hear a letter from a young king, but a young king has to write into this show, absolutely. And you can do all of that script suggestions, all the things. Um, send them on over to ghostlight.scripts at gmail.com. Um, follow the show at ghostlight underscore podcast on Instagram to keep up with what's going on. You can find out what play is coming next. Um, I've been, we've been slacking on giving y'all some scenes from the show and a word for your life. Um, I don't even, I didn't even, um. I didn't even give y'all a word for the week on this episode, but I guess you it's can say all right. the, it's the all word. Right. The word of the week is growth. The word is a week of the week is self care. The word of the week is you matter.
1: Absolutely, um, I love to hear it. Um, that's what I got. That's what. That's fine. As always, thank you so much to Bo King for our opening music, and thank you Ed Jr. The new ruler.
0: His mixtape drops on Sunday, y'all. So if you're listening to this on a Monday, his mixtape dropped yesterday. Yes. Um, Do we so just go... type in
1: Ed Jr. to? Yeah,
0: you. Yeah, you can find that anywhere you like to listen to music. It's gonna be on. It, it's on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I don't know. All y'all the places. Are, I'm old. All the places, y'all, young folk like listening to music. Go check out. Ed Junior the New Ruler and his mixtape Gatorhead Baby it's out there. Y'all go listen to that. (laughs) That's Um, some (laughs) country shit. Child Gatorhead Baby featuring many interludes (laughs) from my child. That's all. All
1: right. Peace, y'all. Bye.